All right, how you doing, mixed martial arts maniacs? Today's episode is sponsored by the BJJShop.co.uk. If you can't be bothered to just order stuff online like the rest of us, you'll be able to always find the BJJ Shop at some of their pop-up shops, BJJ 24-7, run by Lawrence Dutton, or at Sub 15, run by Sean Matthews. I'm compare at those shows, so come and see me too. Trust me, get your picture with me. I'll make you famous. This is Mick Tully and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. Hello and welcome to Mixed Martial Arts. I don't know if you could tell, I am not Mick, I am Luke. I am the man who puts this all together and has to manage Mick. However, I failed this week because he's still drunk from Christmas and so he can't be here. But we're going to play back the best of Mixed Martial Arts from 2017. Coming up, you will hear clips from Chad Bresk and Tony Pillage as well. But this one is the most popular episode Marcus Charles, it's a great interview from Mick, and it starts with a very unique question. When did you start in martial arts? Well, I started in 1990. Right. Um, I was into weightlifting before. I was a real big weightlifter. Then at school, I had run into a guy named Dan Ricardo, who walked up to me and asked me, hey, do you lift? You know, and back then, it was like everybody wore their their shirts. They were called T. Michael shirts, these big, baggy Right, you know, the, the, uh, the clown pants. Yeah, the MC Hammer pants. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. The tan and all that other stuff. And uh, I had run into him, and what ended up happening was uh, he asked me if I lifted. I told him, yeah. And he said that he did uh, martial arts. And I wasn't a big fan of martial arts per se. This was after, you know, we got to know each other. Yeah. And uh, he did the gun thing on my bicep, and I had a big knot on there, a big mouse he put on there. And it was, was kind of sold from that point. And then... It reminded me of some articles I was starting to read how Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was one of my big idols, yeah. uh, was a big fan of Bruce Lee because of how cut his abs were. Yeah. And when everything just, everything kind of like all came together yeah. and then I was sold. Uh, yeah. Well, it's funny you said that. The TV producer that I work with, we actually interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it, uh, Arnold's, Arnold's a, he's a true gentleman, mm-hmm. but he, he he's always maintained that Bruce Lee, he, he's a big believer in the, the physical culture and it's the mind, body, spirit and that whole ancient Greek sort of mentality. Yeah, of yeah. If the body is in pretty good shape, the head normally is too. And you didn't find that in the in the, in the weightlifting? Was that the thing? Um, I, it's it's not that. It was just, you know, with the weightlifting, you're, you're in one box. You know what I mean? You're just lifting. You want to get stronger. Hey, look at this cut I got today. And, I, and that's great. That was really cool. And I like that. And I'm trying to get back into that. But with the martial arts, now you're talking more functional yeah. stuff, which is what I really liked. So I figured if you could combine the two, because back then weightlifting and doing martial arts wasn't done really. Now everybody's doing some sort of conditioning, physical strength training, whatever it is. Then, I, like I said, I hooked up with, with Dan, and then he introduced me to Paul Vunak, who, who was my... You know, uh, they, they just ease yourself into martial arts, right? Yeah, yeah, that was, the guy that was, who's nice and easy, calm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, with him, he was really impressed too with the shape I was in. Without, I don't want to sound like a braggart. No, um, no. So I trained with him, and I was with him for a lot of years, a lot of years. And then I hooked up with Sifu Larry Hartzell. Wow. 
wow. which was a phenomenal experience as well. You're talking about two, you know, Paul was a badass, and now you got Sifu Larry, who was like the original. He, but he, he's, he was the original. He was, yeah. the, you know, he was, he was the killer. Yeah. You'll get the guys that would train mm -hmm. and, you know, all really cool in their own right. But yeah. then there was the guy that was like, well, what if we get a guy who's equally as trained? And you, uh, I'm sorry, but... You won't find but, that. No, no. This <laughs> this guy looked after Mr. T. Right. This is Mr. T's bodyguard. Yes, yes, you know, yeah. I don't know if Mr. T needed a bodyguard. It was like when Rick Young, uh, Rick Faye told me about Hulk Hogan once. He said, yeah, we looked after Hulk. And I was like, Hulk Hogan's the champion of the world. The one thing, the reason I really started to like to train with Guru Rick and the MKG group is because he said one thing that really resonated with me. Everybody has a right to train martial arts. Yeah. Meaning you don't have to be a world-class athlete to learn martial arts. You could have some physical handicap and still see the beauty in this art. Yeah. You don't have to be, and that's what I, what I love coming here. It's just an enjoyable experience because there's no pressure. There's nobody trying to, you know, it's not like a, I like to call it a pissing contest or anybody, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, exactly. you just come in here, you're training, you're having to learn some techniques, you get a little sweat, you have a good time. It's just great. Yeah. And that's what uh, I want to bring to the city, you know, and the surrounding area, that feel where, yeah, we have our CSW program. We will yeah. have, you know, where somebody wants it, I could take them to a certain point and then I could push them over to somebody else. You know, like uh, my jiu-jitsu coach, Comprito, who I teach right, in school. Yeah. You know, he's just phenomenal, and uh, he's just been great with Class us. Class act, right? Yeah. But I, I see that's my point of with uh, MKG Chicago, with the feel of MKG, where you don't have to feel intimidated to come in and see what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's fun. If you want to take it to that hardcore level, we could take you there, okay? Because yeah. there's other programs we have that, I'll, that I can offer, but... For the public who just hey, what are you guys doing with those sticks? That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, what are you guys doing? I've seen that, you know, the trapping, you know, what it is, slap in hand. It looks like you guys are playing, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, um, patty, patty cake. And they get into it. They like it. You know what I mean? And, and and that's what's cool. It's like, yeah, you know, you get somebody who's overweight or somebody's not confident in themselves. And then the health benefits that he brings up all the time. And Guru Dan brings it up as well, where you know, you, you could develop He's a yourself. walking billboard for this. Yeah. You know, this is the thing. People look at it and they say, "What? Yeah, you know, why do you train in martial arts? And I'm just, I feel better now than I did in my 20s. Mm -hmm. I move better easily than in my 20s. Mm -hmm. I have a clarity of thought. I'm still really judgmental, but at least I understand I'm judgmental now. So that's, you know, that's like being a Buddhist, right? right, right I right. know I'm a dickhead, but at least I know I'm a dickhead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's... The... Well, it's like if somebody calls me an asshole, I say, thank you. You know who I am. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, think that way. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think the one great thing about the methodology and the training behind it is... And I don't see anyone else doing it. And that's uh -huh. true. And I'm biased because the minute I came to the cardio group first time ever, and I just what I was watching Rick working out, and uh -huh. we traveled, and he didn't break his workout until he'd done his workout, and then he came up. I want to be led by example. I don't yeah. want some guy who weighs 350 pounds telling me that back in the day he could do this. Yeah. I want guys who can do it now. Right. Or a clo close approximation. It's like, you know, Danny Nosanto just blows me away. Well, it's funny because um, this is kind of a weird analogy because it's nothing to do with martial arts per se this guy but uh everybody sees on facebook how i train my dog bam bam yeah and his <laughs> meaning he goes to a school chicago canine academy and the guy who runs it, his name is jim morgan he's an ex uh vietnam vet head offensive guy everything and he's just there's no filter in this guy but the reason i'm bringing him up is 
He is in, I didn't realize that he's seven years old. I thought he was in his 50s. This guy has such, he's like Guru Dan. He has such physical ability, the way he moves, handles these big dogs. And he's, you know, he talks quick. He's clear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where I feel, and he works out and everything too, but he doesn't do martial arts. I'm trying to get him to. But um, somebody at that age who's capable of being functional in life. I don't mean functional in a, in a fight necessarily, but I mean just functional in life, your quality of life. Yeah. And I feel martial arts can give people that. I had a problem. One of the reasons I kind of pulled away from the martial arts in the early 90s was because I didn't understand it because I was kind of new to the whole reading the scriptures and stuff. And I kind of was hearing things that it's not good to do martial arts and be a Christian because, you know, it's about peace and love and that type yeah. of thing. I realized that's wrong. And Coach Greg Nelson, another person yes. I trained with, very, guy. very religious uh, man and he's a badass so i mean so if if he's okay with it i think i can be you know what i mean um but i i feel it's not necessarily the only way but you have to have a spiritual connection because you could physically train your body and i did that but i wasn't doing much mentally then spiritually i was dying if that makes sense yeah but if you train your body physically and then you mentally train your brain the spiritual side starts to come out yeah, And I, I think I put this on Facebook one time where when that spiritual side starts coming out, that's where the scary part comes in, where you're teetering. You don't know which way to turn. And it's kind of funny without sounding weird or a Yoda, whatever it is, the Star Wars stuff where that temptation, the trials that they're going yeah. through, you know, between the dark side and the good side. There is some truth to that. Yeah. You know, because now you're in a vulnerable state. You don't know. And you could go down a bad way. You could go down, you could take it to a good way. And I, and again, I kind of attribute part of that to Sensei Eric because he reminded me where I was with my spirituality that I forgot. Yeah. I love reading scripture. I try to read it in the morning before I come train. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I do read other books as well. I mean, I have no, it's not just the the scriptures, but that's my way. Yeah. You see, this is, this is the thing. It's like me, I, yeah, I was brought up as a Catholic and I basically try and live just more of a Buddhist mm-hmm. sort of way. I don't chant or anything like that, yeah. but I just try and go through life doing no harm. Mm-hmm. I have absolutely zero drama in my life. Right. And I always say I want to bring joy. All I want is joy in my life, and all I want to do is bring joy in my life. And I, you know, it's 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 really refreshing to speak to you because thank you. It's the situation where you have to understand that once you. Once you're able to allow somebody to worship the way they want to worship, Mm -hmm. then that's great. But it's like when people try and force it upon you, and that's the other one. Eric Eric will talk to you about it if you're interested. Right. But if you're not, he'll pick up on that and go, you know what, okay, all you want is a power double. Well, if you think think of what we do in JKD, I mean, that's what Guru Dan talks about. That's what, you know, uh, even what what, uh, Coach Rick was bringing up, you know, about what Guru Dan said. Bad is just undeveloped good. I love that. I mean, and Bruce, you know, Bruce Lee with exposing everything. I mean, nobody's got all the answers, but if you let me be me and discover it. Now, granted, you know, it's nice to have, you know, I got a, I, I got a pretty good front line with these coaches that I work yeah. with. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, but, you know, they've let, they kind of like let me be me. Yeah. And, and that's what the thing is with your spiritual journey. I, I think if you just let yourself, you could find it and God will guide you. That doesn't mean he may guide you to be a Christian. He may guide you to be a Muslim. Being a Muslim nowadays has got a bad connotation. Unfortunately, I'm not saying I believe that. No. Okay, but it, it, unfortunately it does. Um, or being a Hindu or being a Buddhist or, or whatever. 
And what I enjoy about it is that freedom because, and a Catholic priest told me this, and that's why I post a lot of this stuff. I asked him about my grandma one time because my grandmother couldn't read and she was a Catholic, but she liked all the symbols, you know, in the Catholic church and everything. And, uh, but then, you know, there's some Christians, uh, uh, denominations who believe you have to read the scriptures every day because that's God's word. Yeah. And that's fine. But my grandma couldn't read. So I asked a, you know, some, a priest that, and I go, well, what about my grandma now? What, what's going to happen, you know? What's her soul? Yeah, what's yeah. going to happen? She's damned because she can't read. And he goes, no, God knows what's in her heart. Yeah. And it's funny. And I go, what about the guy who was raised since birth to uh, in the uh, Jewish faith? And they believe that in their heart that it's for them. You know, there's that phrase of, you will know if it's right in here. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's right for you in there. Yeah. My right may not be yours. If you follow, that's what I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope I don't get a bunch of no. backlash from different no, people. No, 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 certainly not. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's like you touched on the Muslim thing, and it's like 1.7 billion Muslims on the planet. Mm-hmm. If they were that pissed off with us, we'd know a lot more about it, right? <laughs> so that's one, yeah. right? Yeah. Secondly, more importantly, there's an agenda at the moment that's making us fear our brown brother, which mm-hmm. we have to worry about. Uh, and, and it's a legitimate. It is a legitimate, it's a legitimate fear. fear. There's no it, doubt. Yeah, you know, but the the problem is, it's like most people are too busy just getting through life without having to deal with any of this drama. And, you know, if you take anything to an extreme, this is the thing, you know, we need oxygen to live, but Mm -hmm. too much oxygen will kill you. Too much water will kill you. Yeah. How many times you seen it in martial arts? You guys come in and you're like, you got to give up for a week. Yeah. Why? Because you're burning out. Yeah. But I love martial arts. You might love martial arts, but... Everything in moderation, including moderation. Exactly. And, and that's, and you're right. Religion is the same way or spiritual. I, I, religion is man-made. Spirituality is a little bit different. You know, yeah. that's how I see it. Again, you know, there's a lot of hardcore Christians out there. And, and, maybe, it, it, and maybe, and again, maybe my journey will take me to that. Yeah. And I don't know. But right now where I'm at, you know, I love to sit there and talk to somebody who's a Buddhist and how they do things or uh, a Hindu who believes this, and, and I think that's what's martial arts is the same way. That's JKD. That's Kali. Yep. We find everything that we like. What works good for you? You, you know, you just hit on hit the nail on the head. It's like if you take sparring the same way that you live your life, mm-hmm. right? So the minute that I'm doing something that is causing another human being so much pain, yeah, we need to get out of here. <laughs> We'll be back to the interview in a moment, but I just want to say thanks to the BJJShop.co.uk who made today's episode possible. Check them out for all your geese and all your BJJ and MMA gear. In fact, all your martial arts gear. And look out for their pop-up shops at BJJ 24-7 competitions. If you're looking for some really hard-to-find items for your BJJ and your MMA training, go to the bjjshop.co.uk trust me there's some of the best in the business so that was what marcus had to say and now we'll move on to a very old and dear friend of mix tony pillage they caught up this year for his last appearance on the podcast ever there's a very simple reason for that and i'll let tony explain he's dying Fuck me. <laughs> you made that easy for me. Yeah. Huh? Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, no, it was actually when I saw you on Facebook, mate, and I, I just saw it and I was like, fucking hell. There was no way that there's more than an inbox required here. I'll tell you what, I'll let you explain. When you first got it, how come you just went onto you went onto Facebook? How come you shared what was going on? Like most people share what they have for dinner and all their <laughs> shit that's not really important, but this is like the most important thing you can fucking share with someone, right? Um, 
the one thing I've learned over the last past what, two and a half, nearly three years, is the fact that everybody's cancer journey is their own path. If, if you look at uh, our dear friend, you know, Paul uh, Richard Bustillo. Yes. Uh, he died of liver cancer. Um, we believe that he may well have known about it for a while, but no one knew. Yeah. Which made the letter I got from him uh, just before he died, literally a week before he died, even more poignant. It was. Um, and heart-wrenching. I'm a bit of a gobby twat, basically, and I, it was a way of, of exercising the ghost because people um, still have this whole uh, stigma uh, with cancer. Mm. I, was, I was in a clinic in London on Monday, and uh, I think it was a deliberate policy, although they told me it wasn't. But there was a, a young-ish uh, coloured lady from uh, London who had just been diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. She right. can't even use the word cancer. Seriously, she's so much in denial, but she's still having to have these holistic treatments. Uh, she hated me. She absolutely hated me being in there. She wanted solace and away from everyone. But it was a, a most interesting two hours by the end of it. And what were you doing? Were you in there to talk to her or were you just waiting well, for I, I'm, I'm having my treatment at the same time because literally you're just sitting there with an infusion in your arm for two hours, two and a half hours. Is this a vitamin C? Yes. Yeah, because what, what are you doing? Because the one great thing about Tony is... Uh, we said it, said it before I said it again right you're one of the most polarising men which we, the, the thing is though yeah, people like me now and yeah, yeah yeah that's it how fucking mad's that right yeah. it's like years ago it was like you couldn't get anyone I was I was like probably in I was so in the minority because I'd be like nah Tony's fucking awesome and they were like no no and I'm like trust me he is and then obviously he wants to get to know you but it's like you've had me where I've never not, had not you not had me like oh fuck <laughs> yeah, do you know what that's a link as well yeah, leave that in leave and, that uh, in that is saying it we had a day out where you pretended I was your gay lover over in Birmingham we yeah? certainly did that was fantastic and we went to see Rupert the monkey boy we went to see Date Your Rotten Scoundrels mm -hmm. uh, surrounded by a load of old people it was a matinee <laughs> and you'd blag tickets in there where did we get the tickets we got them off Barnsley what was it for yeah it was he was a member of some theatre club and he couldn't go and we, we decided we were trying to blag it so we had Barnsley's ID didn't we yeah, we did have Barnsley's ID you said that you're Barnsley you said you're Barnsley then you said I was your gay lover who was husband. I was too embarrassed was husband. husband I was a husband yeah. yeah and yeah he told the girl on the ice cream and I was too embarrassed to be seeing out with you <laughs> and, and then, hand. yeah and then I, I couldn't turn around exactly and turn around and say look he's got a cancel or anything <laughs> that fucking makes that worse but I, I often say uh, when people ask me about you I always say if you want to know what Tony Pillage is like go and sit in his office because I really believe this this is like your office is the physical manifestation of your head yes of course inside right yeah. what's a rhino represent the rhino is a very interesting one I, I will tell you for why my friend many 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 moons ago when uh, I was working for a living up in London I did some work with a gentleman by the name of Sir Bill Ord, um, who was uh, at That's the time. That's a cool name. Yeah, he, he, he's a cool bloke. He was a very cool bloke. And um, I went to a, a dinner party once with him and his brother, who had flown helicopter gunships in Borneo. They're just an amazing family. Wow. Who was then head of some aerospace division for BA Systems. And uh, I did some work with him, and he, he uh, was... Um, an incredible man, and uh, I felt he's one of these people who he was, you could tell there was an upper class aura about him and, and his brother. He just you know, had a bit that bearing. Yeah, and right. um, he bought me a tie right. and a book. And the tie I still have, it's covered in rhinos. And uh, the book was called Rhinoceros Success by a man called Scott Alexander. And he said, You don't realize it yet, he said, because you're still finding out who you are as a person, but you are a rhino. 
and the book is an extraordinary one if you ever get hold of it and it's about you know, the mentality you have you just charge through life you know you don't let little brick bats and view balls stop you you have a, a goal and you just go for it and the thing is he said wherever you are where you spend most of your time having your line of sight a rhino to remember who you are and that is why you have a rhino is that your spirit animal then is it? no nothing no? at all no it's, it's just this it's about you, know, you think of how a rhino would, would act and you know, so, you know, the rhino is sitting in the back of the roller looking out at the sheep in the fields yeah. that's the attitude you have to just doesn't give a fuck yeah, yeah. you have to be different you have to be true to yourself and you have to just plow through life like a rhino it doesn't stop for etiquette does it it just goes on <laughs> That's it. You got to watch out there. Some Chinamen will be around trying to take your horn. Off, man. Mate, mate, yeah. There's been many Chinamen trying to take my horn, <laughs> but I was young and needed the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask Al. So, why is Kenneth Williams looking down over your shoulder? Because again, you see, I, I find him totally inspirational. Exactly. If you if, if you have ever read the Kenneth William Diaries, I haven't read the diaries. No, I read a biography. You should. It's yeah. one of the, it's one of the greatest books ever. And uh, the man's eloquence, the, the man's insight, the, the way he was, he was a tortured, tortured man. Yeah. But what an interesting brain. And it, I, I tell you what happened. Um, well, I sort of fell in love with him a bit. He and Billy Connor, I think, held the record for the most amount of people on Parkinson. Right. I think he was on six times. And at one point, they put him with a load of, um, it was some mad... Scotsman, who was head of the, the miners' union or, or the trade, the two UC or something. Yeah. And and somebody else, and I think it was um, it was an actress, quite a well-known actress, one of the red greys, perhaps. Yeah. And they're talking about politics, and he's he's, he's almost his coquettish self, and he's preening and doing what he does. Yeah. And then they got round to a serious political statement, and in a heartbeat, he changed, and he destroyed. And when I mean destroyed, me, he destroyed. The argument of these politicians and the TUC guy. And he had an earnestness about him and, 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 and a quite extraordinary brain. When you think he was the son of a um, North London barber, yes. you know, he, he had an extraordinary mind. Well, you see, I, I, read, I read a biography on him. And first of all, I uh, obviously very well educated, uh, but he was, a, he was a self-made man and uh, a proper Renaissance man. And the one thing that really always fascinated me about him was he was gay in a period in London where being gay was no fun. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously But no he, fun. He, he wasn't, you see. The, he the, wasn't gay? No, not not in its strictest sense. Well, but he, he had a great thing for Joe Horton. That was almost like his great love, right? The artist. Oh, the writer. The, oh, Joe yeah. Horton, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, although he went off a couple of times to experience homosexuality in um, Morocco, especially, yeah. it disgusted him. It can, really? And that's... That it was his great torture because he had to hide it away. Although he was so flamboyantly, you know, yeah, um, he fabulous, to, yeah, get away with it. Um, he used to hang out of his window and wolf whistle, you know, builders and stuff, and have that interaction. <laughs> but the actual, um, the actual sex part of it was totally abhorrent. Yeah, I've I've played hide and seek with Hoist Gracie at Kenilworth Castle. I've had a water pistol fight with Chuck Liddell in a dungeon in Warwick. Mate, I've had the best of time. <laughs> yeah, and it's that, that whole thing of, you know, carpe diem, seize the day. I've made people smart, I've annoyed the fuck out of people, I, and that is equally as wonderful. <laughs> but, but, but what has transpired is that I think, um, truthfully, and I won't mention any names because it's not, again, fair on them, but people who, when I started out, looked to me very disparagingly, and now some of my closest friends. 
Yeah. People who look to me disparagingly, who are true martial artists in every sense of the word, who saw this this bouncing tigger-like usurper coming in and just creating <laughs> mayhem with no talent or skill, <laughs> just a big gob and, and a, a, a bit of focus, and now some of my closest friends. So, mate, you know, I, I'm a bit like Trump. I've won over the populace. I think <laughs> you certainly have. I'm, I'm going to. I'm, I'm just going to say a couple of things. Is if, if this if this is like my last ever Mick podcast, which I hope it isn't. Then I hope it isn't either. Um, I'm going to give you leave you guys some some wit and wisdom. Get your funeral fucking sorted. It's really good. It's it's not bad luck. <laughs> I'm still alive, right? <laughs> Look at the humanist burials. There's some wonderful humanist burial sites, and they, they basically grow an oak tree out of you. It's brilliant. But I'm going dressed as Deadpool. This is the gospel truth, <laughs> right? But whilst being carried by six friends, all dressed as the village people, or superhero outfits. There will be someone greeting people at the uh, the place dressed as the Grim Reaper. And in, in my coffin, there will be a drawing of me as if uh, I was Deadpool um, and Wade Wilson was the usurper. Really? Yeah, so if I ever get dug up, they go, he was real. How cool is that? Blue. That's like the Blue Peter time capsule, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. Is that the one you were going for? Exactly the same yeah. thing. Oh, do you know what? I am going to let you have the last word, but I just have to say <laughs> one thing. Well, I always love sitting in your office, so I just look around and all these crazy books... And, that, yeah, and it is everything from all the best martial arts book I've ever seen to then just stuff that's like really bizarre and Tony underneath the book which I'm going to have off you which is the Danny Nasanto the man the teacher the artist book why have you got Dimac death point striking uh, as the book that you're reading uh, because it's by <laughs> the legend that is Earl Montague Oh, it is. Yeah. Wow, man. And as I am studying currently under NASA Butt, who is his number one student, um, then I was uh, reading that. But I am. Uh, what, what did he? What did he pass away of? Cancer as well? No, no. It was, I believe, complications from um, diabetes. Really? Yeah. He was bare of a man, wasn't he? Yeah, and, um, and uh, you know, NASA is one of the most extraordinary human beings you'll ever meet in your life. Like he was the guy doing internal power when no one was doing mm. any of it. And do you know what? This is the ironic thing. More and more martial artists as they're getting older are starting to understand that maybe fighting the aging process is what they really should be looking at now yes. more than anything. It was stuff that we all poo-pooed when we were younger. We're all going, do you know what? I'll have a look at that now. Because mm. all these older guys seem to be moving well. The last, last, last thing. This is it, mm. right? You've got to finish off on the joke. But mm. before you do that, right? For a guy who's led... And it, it, yeah, trust me, I'm not asking this question, mm. but I'm asking a man who's mm-hmm. facing the Grim Reaper. If there was one thing in your life that you could have done but you didn't do, what would it be? Well, that's a tricky one because there, there are many, but I, I think explore India. Yeah, but Tony, you're the sort of guy that would, when everyone else, when you see all these hippies going to hipsters and hippies going off to Goa, you're like, fuck that, you'd be going into Calcutta or something. Yeah, yeah. I, want to, I, do, I want to do the whole lot from Goa. And Mumbai, the whole lot up to the, and then probably finish in the Himalayas and get up to base camp. But I can't do it now because obviously because of my lung, because um, I can't. I've only got one lung, so I'm a bit knackered. I am going to do the Everest thing. I'm mm-hmm. going to take a picture of you up there with me. That is a given, my friend. So glad you said that because I was thinking you were going to say a three-way with two supermodels, and I was like, I would do that definitely, <laughs> and I'll have a picture but, to send to. But, but to be fair, Mick. <laughs> We've done that. <laughs> These are things that you haven't done. Oh, no, yeah. the joke. Finish off on the joke. Okay. This, the best this, joke ever, right? No, it's not. But at the time and what was going on in the world, it was the best joke ever. I had been pitching Saatchi and Saatchi, which were the, like, the premier name in advertising. Yeah. 
at the time by a long shot and they were famous I went down there and I got on really well with the guy and he was sitting there and he said I'm going to leave you a little joke I said okay and I'm not great with people I like instantaneous observational humor yeah. I don't, but this just made me laugh there was a gentleman called Mr Hardy and Mr Hardy had a nail company and this nail company or was known as Hardy's Nails um, had come to the end of the financial year and they found they had an excess of money which they'd have to pay an awful lot of tax on so one of his great dreams always been to have a television advert featuring his product he was so proud of his product but he's also a very religious man and he thought how can I tie this in so he goes he goes phones up sites look I'm, I'm really sorry very very little time but um, if, if I can spend this money by next Friday I won't lose it I want an advert to go out on telly and they said absolutely sir we can do this for you so they took his brief down, nine o'clock, the following Friday, he's got his priest around, he's got his whole family, and they're all sitting around, and uh, it, it pans open, and there's a, uh, like a, almost as we, we know it now, there's a drone shot going over the hill of Calgary, and zooming on, on two Roman centurion, right, who uh, are basically nailing Jesus to the cross. And they go, hmm, I'm glad we're using Hardy's nails, well, the man goes absolutely ballistic. At nine o'clock in the morning, he's phoning up, so I said, what the hell? Am I laughing? So this was awful. <laughs> Sir, we are so sorry. We have totally misinterpreted your, your, your brief. But we can, look, as a favor, we won't charge you for that one, and, and we'll, we'll charge you, um, and we'll do a whole series of them for you, but uh, we'll put it out next Friday. It'll take us a week to film it. And he goes, okay. So he goes, uh, brings all the people around, has a look at the, uh, the television, nine o'clock comes, and the same tune, Hardy's Nagels. And all of a sudden, it pans round, and there's the hill at Calgary, and there's Jesus with his robes up around his ass, running down the hill as fast as he can, being chased by the same two centurions. Where one turns to the other and says, I told you we should have used fucking Hardy's Nagels. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, it was, uh, it was in that moment. Uh, you're mate. so not going to heaven, man. I'm telling you. Uh, well, like uh, I, I believe that. But my parting <laughs> word is be good to one another. And it's true what the Beatles said, all you need is love, because that's what it's about. And and sometimes, and I'm going to give you the last bit, and this is gold, this is absolute gold, this is the best thing I've ever said. And I, I can. T and talking to Mick is a man who I, I believe is also of a fellow rhinoceric nature. I hope so. And that is, if I can give you one thing, if I, everything that I've learned in my 50-odd years on this planet is this. The hardest thing in the world is to be yourself. Just fucking be yourself. Whatever it is, whoever it is, be true to yourself. And, and that way, as soon as you, you do that, guys, it's, it's the most wonderful and beautiful gift. And the universe will reward you over and over again because it's a difficult and troubled road we sometimes have to, to, to face. But it's worth it in the end. Thank you, Mick, for your time. And can I put my clothes back on? Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. Those are a couple of clips from the interview with Tony Pillage that Mick did last year. And if you want to hear the whole interview, I will put the link in the description of this podcast. Looking back at another popular interview this year, Chad Bresk, another good friend of Mick's who made his way into martial arts training with some legends. Mick wants to pick his brain, but first talks about their amazing senses of fashion. Well, I'm sitting here with a Jiu-Jitsu Comics t-shirt with a picture <laughs> of Batman choking out Bane. 
and you've got a, a very fetching Darth Vader holding a, a free throat hug sign which as soon as I saw you wearing it I thought it was awesome because like, we're both geeks oh, yeah. and we love geek culture and stuff but I, I didn't know anything about the graphic design was that anything like to lead towards maybe like, graphic novels or doing art in that way or what um, I could try to go that way uh, but what I ended up doing with it is since I had the computer science background as well as uh, I actually do web design and web development right so that's my day job when I'm not here. Yeah. So. And does that give you artistic? A, a little bit. I probably get more, much, much more artistic expression from what we do training than I do in my everyday job. Yeah. Did you think when you started training that you were going to get that? Because it is quite funny because a lot of people don't understand it. It's a real misnomer to most people. And I don't like quoting the Bruce Lee stuff too much, but the the, the, the true expression of self and stuff, mm-hmm. which is, what you know, did you think you were going to get that when you went training first? Uh, you know, when I first started, no. But when I found the Kali group and stuff like that, I realized that, yeah, you can. Because we're definitely much more expression well we, we, we have a, we, you know at the risk of sounding trite we have a much more varied palette oh yeah you know and, and we work in like so many different mediums that's and I'd like your thoughts on this where you have to work first in a collaborative effort to get good mm-hmm. and me personally I, I always say to anyone who trains with me this is going to be completely at odds with whatever you've done before because we will not be testing this for a while you can test it immediately mm-hmm. if you want, but I'll, I'll be better than you. We'll work together. We'll let, it'll be a collaboration between the two of us. And then by the time you actually even thought about testing it, that's had its day. That that was gone. That moment never comes back, does it? Mm-hmm. So we are going to touch on it because I think you're one of the best teachers I've, I've ever trained with. Well, and you, I sir. do mean that. <laughs> uh, I, I actually know the first class I ever did with you. Can you do remember? you? Yeah, can no, you remember I don't it? remember. It was, it was uh, Thai boxing. You tie backs in and you covered a rounds class. Okay, yep, yep. I jumped off. I jumped off the plane, came in, and I was okay because the year before I'd been with Derek Hagland, yep. and uh, you know we did the five rounds and myself and Josh Siddiqui, me and Sid came off the plane the first time ever, did the rounds class, and we both looked at each other after and said. That was worse than our black belt test, <laughs> you know. And then you guys were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a Friday night. It's what we that's do." Night, and then obviously, train with you. And we've talked about this on this trip. You were a young man when I met you. Yes, I was. Ah. It's over ten years now. It's yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's, it's about ten years now. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is crazy. So if we talk about teaching for a second. What classes or what do you do at the Kali Group? So I currently teach the Kali class on Friday nights at the Kali Group here. That's currently my only consistent class. Uh, before that, I was teaching Muay Thai. Yes. Um, and basically, when Rick goes out of town for seminars or uh, he's got a family thing that comes up, I'd say I'm covering 50% of his classes. Right. Whatever what? he needs covered, if I can actually cover it, I will. So. Right. So explain to the guys the phase. What I, I, I personally believe that unless you're going to go into the ring, I don't think you need anything more than the phase one class. You know, if you just want to be effective at martial arts and get a workout and hang out with cool people, you don't need any more than that. Single stick, double stick, focus pads, finishing off on tie pads. So what's phase two? So like if you look at phase one, phase one's definitely like our our core, you know, get your mechanics down type of phase. Yes. Phase two is uh, what Rick refers to as the sensitivity phase. 
So phase two is using a lot more of our sensitivity drills. So we do a lot of um, what we call the game or the different pummeling drills, like the wrist grabs and the yes. neckties. A lot of the stuff we kind of covered over the um, instructor conference. Um, hubid, lots of hubid. Uh, the shoot float one and two in there, like some tackle defenses, um, some focus mitts. You got rounds are part of that one. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a much more broader look at mi- like taking everything that you're going to mix. Yeah, so broader and deeper. Yeah, there's more depth to it as well. It's, I have to admit, we've done a bit with Rick, and I, I'm, I'm brutal you know, a decade in, and I still look sometimes and go, God, I, I, man, I suck at this, you know? <laughs> uh, and, yeah, at my strengths, I'm okay. And, you know, with the help of Brendan Westwood in the UK, it, you know, we, we are getting there as a country, as an organisation, but we're way, 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 way behind. But I'm considered a bit of a big deal in the UK. <laughs> and everyone's like, wow, Mick's really good. And I'm like, I'll tell you right now, I could take you to a place where I will be the worst guy in the <laughs> room. So what's the secret? Why is there so many awesome world-class and it's not just at the cardi group but uh, you know it's all of the you know santo blend of martial arts i've got a sneaky feeling i know what you're going to say but i'm going to let you go for it what do you think is the common uh you know for me you got to remember that as far as the inosanto blend and all that goes i'm a cardi group guy i i am through and through with rick and like i have instructorships under inosanto and i have instructorships under rick but to me, it's Rick. I mean, yep. the way he teaches and the things that he pushes, well, not pushes, but the things that he talks about and tries to get across, like if you're actually listening and taking in what he's saying, I think those are the things that make what I've seen much better. Or But it's, yeah, we, yeah, we create uh, better, more functional, peaceful individuals for a better, more functional, peaceful world. Exactly. And everyone thinks that's a, a cliche, but yeah, I, I do this. My mentality is very similar to Rick's wherein you just work hard, no whinging, no ego, no crybabies, no pussies. Mm-hmm. And when I've said that, I've had people say, why why are you blaming me for being for being weak and I'm like I'm not saying you're weak I'm saying that you're not strong you've got the choice but it's hard life is hard you know suck it up go out there embrace the suck you know get harder so we were talking about hopefully you coming across to the UK and teaching seminars I would love to yeah, that's yeah. what that's what the plan is. We're trying to expand that. Is that just the fact that you get out there and teach or see the world or what's uh, motivation? I, I've done a f- decent amount of traveling, um, and I do like love to travel. But for me, like I, I love to teach, and if I can give what I have learned to other people, that would be fantastic. Like I really believe in what Rick's method is and the way he does things. So you've seen the manual. Yes, I'm one of the people that probably knows most of that manual uh, better than most and yeah it's there's a couple of reasons for that like uh, Harley um, who I guess you talked to earlier yeah today, Christopher yeah uh, he actually refers to me uh, one of his nicknames for me is the brain the brain because <laughs> <laughs> like he'll come up to me and I'll be like oh well what are we talking about here you know, so he likes to bounce things off me uh, and then Kurt I don't know if you've yeah, Kurt Cornwell? Yeah, yeah, so Kurt was referring to the way I think and the way I look at these things as an encyclopedia version of... Well, that's, that, you know, <laughs> that's going to lead me on to something because that is the one thing the one thing that I got from you straight away when we were training. Bear in mind, I'm 13 years older than you. 
<laughs> right? It doesn't that doesn't stop me and you hanging out together and you us being friends. But most martial artists wouldn't take tutelage from someone younger than them. But with you, when we were first doing the Thai boxing, I can't remember if you had taken your Thai test or you were getting ready for it. When did you take yours? Uh, I got my TBA instructorship in 2000, April 2009. 2009. Actually, it was on my birthday in 2009. Whoa, yeah, <laughs> on that day. <laughs> on that day, I took my Thai test. Yeah, and was Chai. I don't think I told anybody didn't you? <laughs> that it was my birthday. Wow. Uh, how, how was that for you? Uh, that was a very uh, challenging test. Um, I had some pretty hard holders. Who held for you? A former training partner of mine held the first round, and then uh, John Aarons held the second round. Right. And did they kick you a bit? Uh, yes. I was uh, walking around with a cane for the next week after because it was hard to put weight on my left leg. I got kicked so many times in the thigh. Wow. Yeah, I've put this out there because a lot of people that I've spoken to have done the tie test, you know, and a couple of guys in the UK have, have done it as well. And it's tough, eh? Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, it, through the years, you know, depending on who's testing and everything, you know, it kind of varies, but... Uh, I, re I remember there were a lot of people that came up to me after my tie test, and they're like, dude, you had a hard test. Uh, but it is. It's, it's crazy. You know, we, we're on the cusp of something huge. Once people know that this sort of life exists, who, who do you know in the cardi group that's so bipolar or having manic depression? And if they are, the training is helping them deal with it. You know, mm -hmm. it's... We, yeah, Glaxo, if Glaxo Smith Klein found out what we had, we would be run out of business now. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth, because it's a much more holistic way to live your life. It's just unbelievable. And I'm gonna finish up, and this is a, throwing it right out random, and only because uh, we're both geeks. If you could have a superpower or be a superhero, who would it be and why? Oh, man. But this um, is a geek thing, right? Oh, yeah, totally a geek thing. Uh, you know, personally, if we're going with superheroes, I think I gotta go with Batman. And mostly because he doesn't necessarily have superpowers. He just did all that work himself, and he felt it. He needed to do all that stuff. Yes. But yeah, yeah, I, I thought, I, well, I thought Affleck did a great job in the latest Batman movie, Batman vs. Superman. The rest of it was pretty awful. Well, apart from Wonder Woman, she was great. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> with Batman, it's funny you said that, because it was the Dark Knight Returns graphic novel when it first came out in 85 that got me back into collecting comic books. Mm -hmm. So I used to collect them as a kid. And I've always said the same thing. That the only difference between, between me and Batman is he's done more sit-ups than me. Well, he's got a couple of million dollars more than me as well. But, <laughs> you know, my mom and dad are still alive, so screw you, Batman. So what superpower, then, if it isn't Batman? You can mm. have one superpower that one makes you... One superpower. Can I just have the superpower to absorb other superpowers? <laughs> Whoa, wow. That, that, that sounds like Legion of Super... My superpower I already have. I can mentally undress women. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to work out if I can get some kryptonite to straighten me out on that one. It's killing me. But, Chad, thank you so much for your time. Chad is hopefully going to be one of the guys that's going to come over. If you're part of the MKG family in the UK, then you will get to meet Chad because I'm going to get him to come over to the UK and we're going to do a seminar tour anyway. We're going to do that along with Peter Hetrick, Diana Rathborn, Ty Campos, and we're going to sort that out. That's one. And secondly, dude, thanks for all the years of friendship. It's been yeah, great. Thank you, man. Thank you, brother. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. 
You can listen to more shows like this on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is an abrupt audio production. Today's show was produced by Luke Berry. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you really enjoyed today's show. Today's show is sponsored by the BJJShop.co.uk. These guys have got everything, including all those really hard-to-find items that you just can't find anymore. And they've got an awesome line in the hard life gear. Check it out. Those geese are like tanks, man. They are bulletproof. All right. Peace out, guys. Wow.